before I get started, the first thing I want to do is, is to commend you for being here. Right now tonight, it's Friday night, it's Vegas. There are people sitting home, wringing their hands, biting their nails, worried, anxious, fear-ridden with what's going on in the economy. But you showed up. Dennis, Dennis and I were talking, you're going to hear from Dennis a little bit later, and we were talking about how showing up is half the battle. You know, there are a lot of people out there that, uh, uh, you know, aren't certain about what to do about their future. But the first thing is to show up. Pay attention and be a part of taking control of your destiny. And that's what each of you have done here by showing up and being a part of this process and being part of uh, United First Financial as well is showing up to take control of your destiny and make a difference. And so what I'm going to talk about here tonight is the base foundation of what it takes to be successful. Uh, the one ingredient, the one thing that separates extraordinary from ordinary. What is that, that base uh, distinction, the difference between those that go on and live wealthy, extraordinary lives and those that just settle for mediocrity? So that's going to be the basis of what we're talking about here. So I ask you, you know, what is it that you want in life? What's most important? Do you want to grow your business? Do you want to be a, a better leader, one that your peers, children, people in your community look up to? Do you want to have a better body, more fit, with the boundless energy and vitality? Do you want to have deeper, more loving relationships? All of that is based on one source, one key ingredient of how you can have any of those aspirations that you desire in your life. So what is that source? That is what we're going to talk about here today. So the first thing I want to start off is what it is not. Because a lot of people think that the reason why one person is successful versus another person is it's, it's age, it's, it's race, it's creed, it's background, it's family heritage, it's connections, it's being alumni of a prestigious university, be good looking or what have you. These are all the definitions I hear people uh, say when they point at why one person is, is more successful than another. Well, I want to guarantee you right now, there are people that come from more dysfunctional childhoods, started out in a greater place of poverty with less money, less social connections, less education, and are uglier than you, <laughs> but are worth 10 times the amount of money than you are here tonight. And what I want to tell you is there's a reason for that. There's a difference. And that's the difference that we're going to talk about as we go through tonight's presentation. So we live in America. We have unlimited opportunity all throughout North America. The, it, it's at our fingertips. Uh, yet there are people that, you know, have extraordinary lives and there are people that, are, that, that don't. And, and what, is the, what is the distinction between those two points? And if we look at it a little bit more narrowly, let's take an organization like this or organizations similar to this. Everybody has the same company. Same leadership is a part of everybody's process here in this company. Everybody has the same product. Everybody has the same compensation plan. But why is it that one person will go out and earn $500 a month, somebody else will go out and earn $5,000 a month, and there will be people in this audience here tonight that we check back a year from now are earning 10 times that amount? What's going to be the difference? That difference is what I call the U factor. The only difference between ordinary and extraordinary is you. Same company, same products, same compensation plan. One person earns 500, another earns 5,000. 
another earns 10 times that. That's the difference between the 500 and the 10 times that is the U factor. And that's what we're going to talk about. You are the center of your universe. The world does revolve around you. You are the cause of every external effect in your life. So regardless of what is going on in your money, your business, your health, your relationships, it all stems from you. Your health is only as good as you are. Your money is only as big as you are. Your relationships are only as deep and meaningful as you are. See, the, 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 the scary thing when you start to really take a look at how you are the center, you are the cause, your personal development is the cause of all the external effects in your life, the reality becomes that if we look at any of your external effects, we'll know everything about you internally. If we look at your health, if we look at your finances, if we look at your relationships, if we look at what success you have in your business, we'll know by those effects, those outcomes, a lot about you internally. Now, the silver lining in that reality is that if you know that you are the center cause of all of those effects, that if you prove, improve you, all the external effects in your life will improve along with it. And that's what we're going to talk about. So here's what happens with, for a lot of people. They go and they say, I have a money problem. So they start going and, and working on their money. They, they go out and try to earn a lot of money. And we see what, what happens is, is if you work on the effect and not the cause, it will be temporary. Let me give you a perfect example. We've all seen the stories of people who are earning $30,000 a year. They go and they win the lottery and they, earn, they get five, 10, or even $20 million. And then we check back with them three to five years later, what happens? They're bankrupt. How is that possible? How is somebody earning $30,000 a year, gets 10 million put into their lap, and three to five years from now, they're bankrupt? This is the key. Your money will ultimately meet you where you're at. Like water seeking its own level, you are only ever comfortable with the amount of wealth, with the amount of money, with the amount of success financially that matches your personal development. Jim Rohn says that if you win a million dollars, the first thing you should do is become a millionaire. Have a millionaire mindset, millionaire disciplines, millionaire habits, so that you can not only deserve the million, but you can keep it. And that's, that's the course. So here, here's another example. A lot of people go and they say, well, I'm overweight. I need to get on a diet. They think that it's their weight that is the problem. Again, it's the effect. So they'll go out and they'll buy diet programs, their, the books. They'll, they'll join all these programs. And what happens is, is they lose the weight. But if you check back in on them a year or two later, what's usually the case? They've gained it all back 99% of the time, statistically, in fact. And in most cases, more than they started with. Because they're working on the effect, not the cause. Your health will ultimately meet you where you're at. You are at the center of all the effects of your life. So the key here is, if you grow, everything in your life will grow for you. Jim Rohn gave us the greatest success key that's ever been told, in my opinion, when he said, uh, if... If you want to have more, you need to become more. That's the fundamental principle 
in building greater success in your life. If you want to have more, you have to become more. For things to change, you've got to change. For things to become better, you've got to get better. Success is not something you pursue, right? It's something you become. And so the essence, the important factor of this is that if you grow, everything in your life will grow. If you improve you, your relationships will improve, your health will improve, your finances will improve, and your business will improve. That is the, the, fundamentally why personal development, working on you, as Roan also says, work harder on yourself than you do on your job. Right now in this audience, I'm going to suggest work harder on yourself than you do on your You First financial opportunity. Because if you grow, your business will grow with you. And here, here is, uh, it, this is, this is across the board, your relationships, your health, your business, every external effect of your life will grow in equal proportion to your personal development. So life is self-centered. You cannot receive and you cannot give that which you aren't. See, you can't give what you don't have. You can't be of value if you aren't of value yourself. You cannot teach what you do not know. You cannot help others if you have not helped yourself. And you cannot love others until you love yourself. That's ultimately the crux of the, of the matter. Now, I'm going to sort of take this into your, in your business very specifically. Your sales, your recruiting ability, your leadership, your communication will be in equal proportion to your personal development. If you want to improve your recruiting efforts, you want to improve your leadership, you want to improve your sales, the first place to focus is on you. That's ultimately the essence of, of where it improves. So this is also really important too when you're in the area of influencing others, when you're in the area of recruiting and attracting others to your business, uh, especially in the area of recruiting because you are the walking billboard, brochure, and product testimonial that the person you're talking to ever sees. And so when you're talking, they're not listening to what you say. Here's what they're thinking in their head. Do I want to be like you? You're the, you're the billboard, you're the brochure of your business. And so it's not what you're saying that sells them, it's who you are. You want to epitomize the statement that says, who you are speaks so loud, I can't hear a word you're saying. Unarguably, one of the, one of the greatest, most influential people who's ever walked the face of the earth is a guy by the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Here was his recruiting speech. You follow me. Not one of the most compelling recruiting presentations I've ever heard. But it was effective. Why? It was not what he said. It was who he was. It was for all that he didn't have to say. Does that make sense? See, so if you want to attract attractive people, you must be attractive. If you want to attract leaders, you must be a leader first. If you want to attract powerful people, you must be powerful first. You work on you and the world will be the path to your doorstep. See, this, this is how you grow, the rest of it will grow with you. So now that we've discovered that you're, you're the creator of your outcomes, now we want to talk about what's the most important attribute of you that's responsible for your success. So I call it the training triangle. There's a, there's a few things that you can focus on in order to make you and your business more successful. But here's what I want to do. If I can do this with you. I didn't bring a pen here, so we're going to have to do a little of this from... Uh, from memory. 
Think about the most, oh, you got a pen? Awesome. Think about the most successful people um, that you can think of, whether it's, uh, say, Tiger Woods, whether it's Bill Gates, whether it's Richard Branson, Oprah Winfrey. Describe to me what would be, how you would describe their attributes. Give me words that describe some of the most successful people that you know. Just give me some words. Confident. Uh, optimistic. Charismatic. Communicator. Honest. Personable. Focused. Enthusiastic. Friendly. Determined. Persistent. Okay, that's good. All right. Now, in any business where you're trying to train people to be more successful, you can focus on three areas. One are skills and tactics, processes and systems and so forth. Product knowledge, whether that's company knowledge, industry knowledge, you know, software knowledge, what have you, or attitude. Now, you just described in your words what you think defines the most successful people that you can think of. Now what we want to do is go back through the list and determine whether it's an attitude, a skill, or it's knowledge about what defines the most successful people. So, confidence. What is that? Attitude. Optimistic. Definitely an attitude, right? Charismatic. Attitude. Good communicator. Skill. Skill. Honest. Somebody says it's a skill. (laughs) Uh, Personable. Attitude. Focused. Attitude. Enthusiastic. Attitude. But we'll even say focused is an attitude and sometimes a skill. Persistent. Attitude. Determined. Attitude. Friendly. Attitude. All right. So let's add it up. We got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten for attitude, two for skill, zero for knowledge. These are your words, but I have to tell you, this is exactly how it comes out every single time. But what happens is, is a lot of leadership and a lot of people focus on improving themselves by focusing on skills and tactics or focusing on product knowledge, and yet they don't know why they're not getting the success that they desire. Because attitude, whether it's Richard Branson, Oprah Winfrey, Tiger Woods, attitude is the fundamental foundation for whether you separate yourself from everyone else and create extraordinary success versus mediocrity. So, here's the reason why this is so critical. We get in life what we create. Wow, this is off the charts here. We create what we expect. We expect what we think about. And we think about what input we are subjecting ourselves. Conversations in our environment, associations, what have you, okay? So whatever input we are receiving is what we're thinking about. You're listening to the radio in the car, whatever's on the radio is what you're thinking about. Whatever you watch when you go home at night on the TV is what you're thinking about. And what you're thinking about is what you expect. So you're listening to all the financial crisis going on in the world, that's what you're thinking about. I guarantee you in your personal lives, you're going to start expecting that to show up, that expectation will turn into creation. It'll end up becoming the outcomes of your life. It's a fascinating thing I see what goes on in our culture and in our, in, in our country is we end up creating our own, our own 
outcomes based on the dialogue we keep bombarding ourselves with on an ongoing and regular basis. See, this, this, is, this is what happens. The input that we are subjected with on an ongoing basis, and this is, the news is, is unbelievable. I mean, it's constant fear, worry, failure, anxiety. The world's coming to an end. Whether you watch sitcoms, you know, it's, it's disrespect, it's lewdness, you know, it, it's, it's uh, you know, people treating other people badly and sarcastically. It could be commercialism. Here are all the things that you lack. Here's what you need to have to feel good about yourself. You need this in order to be successful. These are the messages that we're constantly getting on a regular basis. Not to mention all the, you know, fear and worry and anxiety that the rest of news media is. And by the way, this is the business they're in. I mean, it's shock and sensationalism. They're trying to draw your attention. They know that the human drama is more attracted to sensational and negative news uh, than they are on something that's positive. But I'm telling you, it is what is constantly going to recreate itself in your life. You, you go and listen to the travesties that are, that are being put into your mind while you're driving home from, from work, and then you go and you experience your family. Trust me, that's going to have an effect. That, that effect on your attitude and consciousness is going to have an effect on your relationships. It's going to have an effect when you show up at the office. It's going to have an effect when you're out in the marketplace and talking to people. It's going to have an effect. See, I think that the, the mind is like an empty glass. Okay? We all come into this experience very much the same. We have, a, we have a mind, and it's empty, and it's open. It's available for anything. It can hold anything that is put inside it. And what this negative news is, and what a lot of the input that we're bombarded with on an ongoing and regular basis, is like putting dirty water in your glass. And if your mind is filled with dirty, dark thoughts, you will create. Because you will expect and you'll be thinking about these dirty and dark thoughts in your life. And so the key to changing your attitude, so you're changing your expectations, so you're changing your creative power, and so that you're changing outcomes in your life, is to flush your glass with clean, clear water. Now what is that? Those are positive thoughts. Those are thoughts of inspiration. Those are thoughts of abundance. Those are thoughts of possibility. Those are thoughts of people that are achieving, going out and making a difference, contributing to society, succeeding. Positive thoughts put into your glass. Just like a dirty glass, if you put it under the faucet and you let it run and run and run and run, ultimately it will flush out all the dirty water and you'll be left with nothing but crystal clean water. That is... The battle that you face every day. Because you're going to get the dirty water put in your cup whether you want it or not. Whether you're just listening to the, to the radio, you're hearing it while you're in a, in a restaurant, you're having a conversation with a coworker, what have you. You're going to get this, this input, let alone the programming your parents and teachers and you know, whatever had put in there long ago, right? So this constant need of flushing, of new ideas, of inspiration, of looking for something with, with that, that talks about hope. And the promise of tomorrow, that tomorrow could be better than it is today, is the key. So summed up, you are the cause of all your outcomes. You're at the center of everything that you have created in your life. What you've created to this point, more importantly, what you can create from this point forward. Number two, your attitude determines your creative power. And number three, the input you allow or seek drives your attitude. So... 
control your input. I say be a vigilant and discerning consumer of information. I don't, I don't listen to the, to the news a lot. I'll get a couple of the headlines. I'll check in every once in a while, but I turn it off. I don't need it bombarding my consciousness. I don't need it programming how I am feeling about myself and the world around me. Because see, this is one of the keys I'm going to give you tonight. Global affairs, the national economy, what's happening in your industry does not have to become your personal reality. If you look at your personal reality, it's probably not much different than it was two months ago. Your personal reality, not people you know or stories that you're hearing about, but your personal reality. And even if it is, figure out what parts of it you can control, take action, set it aside, move along. But don't continue to watch the news, continue to read the headlines, continue to listen to the radio. I'm telling you, you're recreating your own reality. All right, so some takeaway questions for you. How are we doing on top? Good? Yeah? All right. We're just going to go until he starts waving. What are you doing to invest in your personal development? I'm telling you, if you grow, everything in your life grows. This is the fundamental core of how to have anything that you want in life. So decide, what's your personal development program? I made a decision long ago. I think this is probably one of the biggest reasons why I've had the opportunity to experience the success that I've had in my life. Can't remember who it was that taught me, but they said, take 10% of your income and reinvest it in your own personal development. And so that's what I did. When it was $100,000 a year, I invested $10,000. When it was a half a million dollars, I invested $50,000. I'm telling you, it gets harder and harder to reinvest in my personal development. Now I'm taking that money and investing it in other people's. We have a, a foundation that we uh, launched called Success for Teens. And we created a book that is the fundamental principles of personal development. How a teenager can live their best life. Has anybody ever had a book uh, affect their life forever? Anybody ever read a book and it changed your life forever? Well, when I was 18, I was invited to a seminar. Changed my life forever. Gave me some core personal development principles that set me on a different course for my life. And everything has been possible since. And one book can change the life, and it can especially change the life of a teen. And so anyway, the point is, is the income that I'm generating now, I'm taking that 10%, and I'm not only investing it back into my personal development, I'm investing it into other people's personal development. Because I guarantee you, the best way to receive is to give. There's no greater way to receive abundance in your life without giving it. And so what is your personal development program? Brian Tracy said this, this is another principle, a tenant that I sort of hung on to. For every dollar you invest in your personal development, it produces $30 to your bottom line. Now this is a financially savvy group. What investment can you make for a dollar that could add $30 to your bottom line? Invest it in your own personal development and that's the, and that's the outcome. Number two, do you have a consistent and continuous personal development program for your team? Well, you do now thanks to the leadership of You uh, First Financial and the Message of the Month program that you, uh, that you offer, you're going to get a copy of Success Magazine every single month so that you can have that fresh, clear water to flush your mind on a regular basis. <laughs> Cheers to the leadership team. Here's why this is important. Yes, for your personal development. Trust me, I need it. I listen to this stuff all day, every day. I'm constantly feeding my mind. I know I got to battle the negative by flushing it with positive. I'm doing it. 
But if I were in your seat, one of the things that I would be most excited about is that that flushing is going to be going on for all your people. You want to keep people inspired. You want to keep them on track. You want to keep them growing and learning. You want to improve them so their business improves. Success Magazine is going to be your greatest tool in that process. Oh, uh, I love this quote from Zig Ziglar. He says, personal development and motivation is like taking a bath. It's not something you can just do every once in a while, right? It's an everyday process. Now more than ever, I have to tell you, in every economy, some people win, some people lose, right? It's always that way. I don't care whether it's a great economy. There are people winning and there are people losing. In this economy right now, there are people that are winning big. Go ask Wells Fargo. You know, go ask Bank of America. Those companies are winning big. You can take out the fourth largest bank in the country uh, on an all-stock deal like that. That's what's called the upside of uh, uh, this kind of a, a market opportunity. Well, I think there's a huge upside for Success Magazine because now more than ever, people need that beacon of hope. They need to know that there's a positive possibility for them. They need to see the spotlight put on the achievers, that there are some things that are great that are happening in our world. I also think now is the perfect time for you first financial. Talk about Talk about people getting a reality check. Taking a look at the mirror and seeing the errors of their ways of their savings and their financial management. So if they've ever needed to look for help. Hey, when 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 things are abundant, people have got great jobs and are making lots of money and they're spending it. It's very difficult to talk to, to talk to them about savings, about you know financial uh, scrutiny and, and 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 management. But oh boy, are people listening now? I mean, everybody's talking about what it is that they can do to hedge their bets for their future. So I think we're both in a, a real advantageous position uh, in our current times. So, how much more have we got? Okay, great. So um, I, I want to talk about this because I was talking to CNBC, the big idea, this, the, just their producers, because I've been on there a few times and they're talking about what shows they want to do. And I said, look, guys, people need to know that there's something positive happening, that there's an upside to, this, to, this, to, to what's happening in the economy right now, that, that there are people that are doing well. Let's stop focusing and repeating the message of what's going on that's negative in the world. And, and I'll give you an example. Uh, one of the programs I did for them was called How to Make Big Money in a Bad Market. Again, I know it sounds terrible, but Wells Fargo loves this environment. They just took out the fourth largest bank on an all-stock deal. That's called upside opportunity. On a much smaller scale, I got into real estate in 1991, almost an identical type of market. This was after the SNL crisis. This is after Black Monday. Uh, and that's when I got involved in real estate. I was 20 years of age. And I remember standing up at an office meeting. There were 44 agents in this office, and I was spouting off about what people needed to do to be more successful. And a 20-year veteran stood up and said, what do you know? You're just a snot-nosed kid. And uh, I was full of, you know, what is that, something in vinegar? And so I said, well, I'll show you. And I just went out aggressively in the market. And in 90 days, I was outselling the entire office of 44 agents combined. More listings, more escrows than the entire office combined. 
The first year I was out, I, I was number one in the office. The second year, number one in the city. And the third year, number one in the county of 3,000 agents. I was 20 years of age. Let me tell you why. Number one is a mindset. I didn't know any other way. It was a great market as far as I was concerned. And you know what? It was actually a perfect market, which will be uh, my point number two. I read a great quote uh, from Sam Walton recently. When he was asked in 1991 what he thought about the recession, he said, I thought about it and I decided not to join. (laughs) Very interesting. In 1991, the Dow Jones... The S&P 500, Sears, and Walmart were all valued exactly the same. Sam Walton saw the bad economy as an opportunity. So instead of shrinking back, instead of pulling back all his advertising, he actually doubled it. And as a result, in two years, just two years, he was worth, and his company had quadrupled in size by comparison to the S&P 500 and Sears, and neither one of them have been able to catch them since. So there are what's called taking, taking advantage of timing in the marketplace. And so as far as I was concerned, the 1991 real estate market, it was a great market. It was all I knew, and so I, I pursued it. I didn't buy in to the fear, worry, anxiety, how bad and terrible it is. Number two is I was proactive, and I think this is one of the things that you could really take away. I didn't wait for the, for the business to come to me. See, before then, real estate agents got fat and lazy. I mean, they just, they sat on the floor, took floor time. I thought that was asinine. Sit and wait for the phone to ring. Or they sat in open houses and waited for, for people to come to the house. I never took floor time. I never did an open house. I said, well, in any market, things shrink and things expand. So the things that were expanding were expired listings. You know, people put their house in the market and they don't sell, so they're expired. So I chased those. What else, expand, what, uh, what else expanded was for sale by owners. And what else ex- expanded were people were no longer just listing their house with their cousin, brother, plumber. They weren't trusting those people. They were looking for somebody who was really going to aggressively go out and seek the market. And so I went out and knocked doors, door to door. I would park my car in, in one area, and I wouldn't come back to the car until I had, had a, a little pad, until I got 50 no's. I mean, until 50 people slammed their door in my face, whatever, I wasn't coming back until I had received 50 no's. I was being proactive about going to the marketplace. This is why I was out selling the entire office combined. This is why I became number one in the city, because I was being proactive in this. Everybody else was hunkering down, worried, fear. People were leaving the marketplace. I was thinking this is a liberated opportunity for me. And three is I learned to love failure. This was a principle that was taught to me way back when. I was probably 18. I think this was at the seminar um, that I went to when I was 18 years old. And they said, life works like a pendulum. This is such an important concept. If you can grasp this, this one principle in itself will be worth the price that it costs you to be here this whole week. And I promise you, because it's been worth that for me. Life works like a pendulum. On one side, you have success. And the other side, you have failure. And... In order to have the pendulum swing on the side of success, you have to have it swing on the side of failure. It it is impossible to have success without failure. And it actually, you can't even describe it. You can't have up without down. You know, you can't have left without right. You can't have success without failure. But life works like a pendulum. And so you're going to have rejection. You're going to have fear. You're going to have anxiety. On this side, 
of the pendulum. And you're going to have success and you're going to have abundance and you're going to have love and you're going to have relationships on this side. And what happens is, is that people swing their pendulum only so far. That's what's called their comfort zone. And they're, they're willing to accept certain level of, of pain, certain level of rejection, certain level, you know, of, of angst. And that's their comfort zone. And somebody said, I, well, Watson with IBM said, if you want to double your rate of success, double your rate of failure. Focus on the failure because that part you can go after. And if you get the failure, trust me, every time, like clockwork, the pendulum will swing on the side of success. When I grasped that concept, when I truly realized that failure was not only good, it was necessary, I pursued it with a passion. I mean, I really, I said, where can I get as much failure as fast as possible? I I promise you. And that was why I went door to door, why I called on expired listings, why I called them for sale by owners. All the things that everybody else avoided is what I pursued. See, I used to think before the seminar that the objective was was to avert failure. In order to be successful, you got to avert failure. Exactly the opposite. In order to be successful, you've got to experience failure. So I went and just pursued failure. And as a result of, of not only seeing it and accepting it, but actually delighting in it, actually loving the idea that I was failing is what created the pendulum to swing on the other side. So what I was doing is I took my pendulum and I was swinging deeper on the side of failure, getting rejected, door slammed in my face, expired listings, you know, uh, angry people for sale by owners thinking I was crazy. I was swinging on the side of failure. And what happened is I got it on the side of success. And that's, trust me, nobody has failed more than Richard Branson. Nobody's failed more than Donald Trump. Nobody's, the, the people you see on the cover of our magazine, the great extraordinary successes, because I've asked them, I've sat down with them. Dr. Oz, the guy's a heart surgeon. He has people die on his table. They're constantly dealing with failure. Because they have learned to accept it, they also experience the reciprocal side of the pendulum, which is success. All right. Six big reasons why a recession is the time of your greatest opportunity. Number one, people are in need of options. They're in need of options. When everything is great and you're trying to find those that want options, it's harder. You know, the, the, the tide rises all boats. You know, when the tide is high, everybody's high in the hog and you're just trying to find the few that want more than they've already got, it's tough. Today, they need it. And the great thing, you have a solution. You have a solution to the great pain of our time. Number two, the market has liberated all this top talent. You go find a top executive CEO, top entrepreneur who was high on the hog and try to show them your business, they're going to have nothing to do with it. But right now, a lot of those have been liberated You can go and get more talented, leadership, powerful, compelling people today than you ever could two months ago, three months ago, six months ago. Now's the time to go in and, and, and wrangle as much of the top talent that's in the marketplace as you can. Number three, there's less competition. A lot of the other companies that provide opportunities for people, they're shrinking. They're not having their meetings on Friday night in Vegas. They're, well, let's restrict. Well, let's, you know, let's, let's pull back a little bit. Let's hunker down. Let's cut expenses. As a result of that, there's less competition. You got more talent, less competition. That's called a recipe for phenomenal success as far as I'm concerned. 
Number four, it's cheaper to grow. Every vendor that you're dealing with right now can be renegotiated. Everything that you're doing in the marketplace, it's cheaper to do it now than it, did, than it was two months ago. Trust me. Number five, you're providing an alternative to the financial market. I mean, where should you invest your money? The financial market or your own home, home equity? I think we've got a pretty good indication about where now, right? Number six is what I talked about before, the reality check with people's financial management error of ways. And you provide a solution and an opportunity to show them how to do something better. Five. All right. I'm going to give you eight insights from some, today's top achievers. I get a chance to sit one-on-one -on -one with some of these extraordinary people and ask them the probing questions. Not just what's their story of success, but how they do it. You know, what, how do they manage their time? How do they balance work and family? How do they set their goals? How do they motivate people around them? You know, what are the common denominators of those people that are extraordinarily successful? I accumulated eight from that experience about what it is I think people who are these great achievers of our society, the fundamental similarities. Number one is they're constant learners. This is the one thing that shows up in every one of them as the number one thing in the list. When I say, what is the, the, the one key to your success? Every time almost they say, I'm a constant learner. I'm constantly learning new things. I'm seeking new knowledge. I'm seeking new insights. I'm looking in about how I could become better. They're constant learners. Hence another reason why Success Magazine, good opportunity. Number two, they have a passion for what they do. You hear this all the time. I, I, sometimes I got tired of hearing it. Oh, you know, find what, you're, find what you love to do. Find what you're passionate about. But you know what? It's true. Because if you're passionate about it, you have a talent for it. It's, it's working with your spirit. And if you, if you have a talent for it, you're going to be good at it. And if you're good at it, you're going to make a lot of money at it. I mean, it's not just this Zen thing, find what you love to do and, you know, and do it wholeheartedly. No, it is actually connecting with your inner core, unique talent and gift. And doing that as a profession is just an expression of that. So if you don't like what you do, it doesn't mean that, you know, what you're doing is bad. It's just bad for you. It's bad for your fundamental core talent and your expression of what it is that you love to do and where your, where your unique gift is. Number three, they have a clear understanding of their strengths. I remember sitting down with uh, Warren Buffett and he said, I will never invest in anything, and he used his fingers like this, outside of my core competency. He says, I never invest in things I don't understand. He said, that's why I never invested in the tech bubble. I didn't understand it. So I didn't invest in it. Because he didn't understand it, he didn't invest in it, he didn't get hurt by it either. He understands what his strengths are and he understands what his strengths are not. And, and this is cr tr crucial for all of you as you're building your business. What are your strengths and what are your weaknesses? Focus on your strengths and figure out how to get by with your weaknesses. Don't worry about the weaknesses. Seriously. Everybody says work on your weaknesses. Don't worry about your weaknesses. Find a way to get by them. Assistance, help, you know, somebody else handle that part of the business. Focus on your strengths. That's what all the great achievers do. Focus on their strengths. Number four, they're possibility thinkers. They see down markets, they think about what's possible. I mean, they're, one of the, they're, the, they're part of the few that in this economy, they're thinking about what's possible, not what's bad. Number five is that they have dark days. I remember talking with uh, David Bach, a uh, world-renowned author, and, he, and I was asking him about failure. And he said, yeah, I have dark days. We all have dark days. Every achiever has dark days. And he said, you know what? I have more dark days then I have good days. 
But the good days are so good that it makes it worth it. So if you're having a dark day, the one thing you need to know is that it's okay. It's part of the process. You're going to have dark days. And if you move through those, you'll have nothing but great days ahead. Number six is balance. You need to know what your core principles are, what's important to you, your family, your health. You need to know what the, what's important and you need to put those in priority. But the one thing that is, is contrary is that a lot of these great achievers don't believe in what is being promoted as balance. I mean, even Robert Kiyosaki said, hey, walking forward is a constant state of imbalance. You're basically leaning forward and you're falling. You're just catching yourself each time. So, you know, this, chasing this idea of balance, if you're building something, you're going for something, just know that for a while you're going to be a little bit out of balance. But if you love what you do, it won't be an imbalance because you'll be inspired spiritually by it. And seven, they're protective of their time. Dr. Oz said, it's not about time management, it's about energy management. He said, if something takes energy away from you, restrict the amount of time that you spend with that. If something gives you energy, do more of that. So it's not about time management because you can manage your time, but you're still doing things that, that you aren't good at or you don't like. That's not going to work for you. It's energy management. And they're protective of their time. And lastly, consistency. If there's one thing that when I'm asked in a lot of the programs that I'm on, what's the one key to your success? I say consistency. I will just do it over and over and over again. There's no extraordinary leaps. You know, a marathon is not won by one, one big leap. It's a lot of little steps over a long, sustained period of time. So don't look for extraordinary success in the next two weeks, the next 30 days, the next 90 days. If you just show up over and over and over again, if you just do the little things consistently over a long period of time, whether you're talking about your health, whether you're talking about your relationships, whether you're talking about building your business, the consistency is what will separate you from the pack. It's not one great big deal. It's not one extraordinary leap. It's the little steps of consistency over time that will give you the extraordinary success. So I hope you got a couple of key ideas and insights that will inspire you to a greater future for yourself. Bring back on Todd. Thank you. Thank you.